Blockbuster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. All right. What um, what you got there? What I got? Oh man! So what? You, like, what you what you got? Like Thanksgiving food, like pretty good, right? Yeah. You know, like like in a vacuum. You know, you, like 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 all of it. You know, yeah. but, and, like we've gone over it at Nazi in, in Turner Thanksgiving. That was two years ago. Yeah. But but like you know, generally overall good. But like, is doesn't it so quickly like become repulsive and old? Like leftovers and what? Oh yeah. Well, for me, I had two family ones, and then leftovers in between. So I had it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and yeah. I was just like, oh my and god, bunch of seven layer salad. Oh my god, it's good <laughs> for twenty four hours. That was something I learned this year. Yeah. Um, so so it has a twenty four hour shelf life, and you got to eat it, which like makes sense because it's like basically like really holding itself together. It's like it's got the lettuce and the sour cream and yeah. Do you, can you name all seven layers? Ooh, good question. Bacon. <laughs> Cheese, lettuce, peas, sour cream, green onions. Oh Lord, what could be one more mystery? Uh, Sam, what you know about Sam? Not celery. Uh, shit. I mean, I think it's a lot of different things, but maybe Something maybe green or white sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't think the sauce is just sour cream. You yeah. know. Um, we'll leave it. We'll leave it up to a mystery. But anyways, yeah, it's just got a very, very short um, shelf life. It, uh, you know, huh. and it, all those ingredients hold it together. Oh yeah. And in 24 hours, it just becomes soup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just just melts. Yummy. In. So, so, yummy. So, so, in, so in a microcosm, that's a lot like Thanksgiving food. It's like good, and then very quickly, I'm just like, fuck this for the rest of the year. Mm. Yeah. Shit. Well, there you have it. Yep. Boys, episode 88. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. What's up? Yo, 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 brother. It's your birth year episode. It 88. is. The last one was yours. Yeah. Quickly and like I forgot to mention. And I was thinking, uh, you know, like it's going to be uh, what, like in. Um... One thousand nine hundred episodes. We'll, we'll 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 finally hit up on like our full birth year. Oh wow! You know, yeah. that, and like I wonder, like I wish there, like I was a math whiz, so I could like kind of just figure out approximately, like if we were to release one episode per year for fifty-two. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think it would be possible within our lifetimes. Yeah, we definitely have to go to a week at yeah. least. You know, um, one thing you know, talking about getting old that that I always sort of use as a benchmark is the music of the Beatles came out in the mid to late sixties, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we will be in our 80s then. 
um, in, in the 2060s. And like, there's a part of me that's kind of, you know, not looking forward to being in my 80s, but, uh, no. you know, like it being cool when the Beatles music becomes 100 years old. Mm. Like, 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 you know, if Shit. we play, play our cards right, you know, we're yeah. going to be alive when that happens. That's going to be crazy. Well, we'll have to do uh, an episode. <laughs> an episode of Beatles. All that... right. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll be like instead of Manscaped, we'll be reading um, ads for Metamucil. AARP. AARP. Oh yeah, got our social. We'll 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 be paying for um, Zoom in SoundCloud with our social security money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, fun stuff. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, aside from the seven layer salad. You know, it was good. You know, I was you know feeling I was sick. You know, kind of earlier in the week, and I kind of was able to shake it off and be okay by uh thanksgiving and uh you know i went had a good time um and then uh yeah you know i kind of had a pretty low-key time until saturday when i sort of went out you know mm. i just kind of you know like i got back on thursday was really full and just chilled um and then friday um i did a little hanging with my cousin and then um you know just ate leftovers and then saturday um i had a fa- family thanksgiving it was during the uk u of l football game which uh-huh. i was which i was kind of bummed about missing that but then you know after kind of watching the game in pieces um kind of stunk anyway yeah yeah it kind of stunk so i you know wasn't really bummed about that and then i was just sort of like well you know i've just been chilling all weekend i need to go out on saturday and i did and it was fun um one interesting thing that did happen to me this weekend um so uh it'll be about a year that my grandfather passed away um in late january so we're about two months you know from that Mm -hmm. um and so my aunts moved into the farmhouse where um he lived and where um she and my dad and their siblings grew up and um we're each um, going through kind of the stuff that my aunt doesn't want to keep and taking, you know, some things. And uh, I was able to check out some really cool things, like some whiskey bottles from like the forties. Oh, nice. Um, a slot machine. <laughs> uh, like, like one, like one with a, a handle. Yeah. Um, just some like really neat, um, a Stetson hat, like a really nice Stetson hat with like a nice. feather. Yeah. Um, my grandpa had about 50 pairs of overalls. Like I got oh, yeah. to see like all of those. Um, and are like, you gonna are you gonna inherit any and wear them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, I guess the one thing, um, I don't know if I would cut this or not. But uh, he had we open up the safe and there's about like twenty guns in there. And so they're like, "Do you want any guns?" And I was just like, I, "Like, like originally I was planning on saying no because yeah. like I'm not the type of person." But like they opened it up, yeah. And, like they pulled out this revolver that had like this yellow stock, and I was like. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that looks pretty tight. Yeah. yeah so, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Like, I actually talked to a couple of people on Saturday because that's when it happened. And I like I thought about it the whole car ride back. I'm like, do I really want to do this? You know, so yeah, it's just decoration remembrance. Yeah. It's not like you're going to go uh, shoot anyone, yeah. but I hope not. <laughs> oh, man. Do we want to leave that in there? I don't care. It's up to you. Yeah, I'll just probably get it. Well, that's all. That's all tight. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, speaking of, stuff. I actually didn't eat Thanksgiving food because if you recall, huh, we so we were actually going to have like a anti Thanksgiving just because we'd had some deaths in the family around the holiday a couple oh, yeah. of times over the past few years. So our plan 
was me, my parents, my brother's wife and their daughter to go to Indiana to get a cabin in the woods and just kind of get away and unplug. Well, my brother and them went the night before and the heat went out overnight and it was like 50 degrees in the cabin. They said they had like two fires going. So like we were going to leave like, you know, 9 a.m. on Thanksgiving. But my mom got called at like eight and they're like, yeah, just don't bother. Like it's 50 degrees. So that Mm kind of changed our plans. So we, you know, we weren't planning on doing, like I said, a traditional meal and all that. So I was a little uh, upset, not upset, but I wished I would have gotten a, a traditional Thanksgiving meal. But you're right. I mean, after you eat it a couple times, it's just kind of like slop. So, yeah. But, so what did, you, uh, what did you all have again? So we had just like some pulled pork barbecue. Oh, yeah. Uh, some, uh, let's see, what else did we have? Fries, you know, just shit like oh, that. Yeah. Mac and cheese, just uh, just kind of like a, just a comfort meal. That's so it was good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like definite, definite, like, you know, like. I don't know, like I've like kind of wondered, like, like having anti holidays like that for, you know, whatever reason, like I've kind of always thought, like, what if we had like pizza one year for Christmas yeah. or something like that? Just for like, fuck it. Yeah, you know? that and that that was essentially our plan. And to yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't truly get away, but yeah. eh, maybe next year. But uh, mm-hmm. unlike you, I did not uh, chill out until Saturday. I <laughs> got you know, since, you know, I didn't really have anything Thanksgiving ended up uh going out to the old crazy fox thereafter and getting a little crazy and then friday we had just you know friends in town and uh my buddy griff who you know oh yeah uh, you know others that were in town cappy Mm -hmm, cappy Cappy lives in town he does yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. just wanted to drop cappy but we we certainly had ourselves a night so yeah uh, yeah. it's been pretty much chilling since then and uh hey nice win for the Bengals yesterday eh? oh yeah that was good yeah that was um you know, I kind of missed uh, the first half because I didn't pass out at my house. So, you know, I kind of it what? it took it would. Yeah, it, t- it, t- it took me a minute to leave. Um, and, uh, you know, I, um, you know, got there, I think, around the second half, which is really when we really kind of caught fire when T Higgins really just. Kinda, oh, yeah, man, he would be I was kind of thinking um, and I think I've told Dylan this or, or maybe Rich, but but I don't think you but like he would be the number one receiver. On oh, like, like at least half the team. Yeah, on at least half the teams in the league. You know, For we're sure. like pretty lucky to have that, you know, as a backup. And oh, Ryan no hit a doubt. good game. I mean, damn. You know, yep. Bengals are really knock on wood, um, hitting our stride at what seems like the right time. Just like last year. And yeah. uh that was you know, pretty similar game to that playoff game in Tennessee last year, aside from Burrow getting sacked nine times. Oh, but yeah. you know, just kind of a you know, kind of a What's the word I'm looking for? Fucking uh, plod. It was like a plod fest, you know, kind of slow, low scoring to start, you know, field goal here, field goal there. Yeah. But uh, we got the job done yet again. And if the playoffs started today, we would be going back to Tennessee yeah. for the first round. So bring it on. We ain't scared. And if you look at like I was actually thinking of our upcoming schedule, too, in like you know, to get to the same record as last year, which I think in the beginning of the season, you know, after we were what, like two and three or whatever, start off 0 yeah. and two, that seemed far away. I mean, really, if you think about the four best teams we got to play, so that's like remaining Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Buffalo. If you go two and two in those games. Yep. And then if you go one and one against the Browns and the Patriots, which is which for the Bengals is realistic, like knowing that the Browns have had our number or dropping a game to a shitty team. But all we got to do is split the difference with that upcoming schedule. And then we're back at 10 and seven, which I think makes the playoffs 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna we're gonna get in for sure. Um, and you know, I just don't see you know even with the tough schedule, I just don't see them not at this point. So, yeah. like you said, we're cooking at the right time. We've got Burrow. Hey, we've beaten the Chiefs two in a row. Yeah, you know, so we'll of course, the, I'd there. say they're definitely the best team in the league right now, and mm-hmm. they're coming in here. You know, this weekend, so it should be a lot of fun. But uh. Yeah, exciting times ahead for sure. I hope so. Yes. Um, I guess uh, you got anything else? We're going to talk Survivor Series, a little bit of post-full gear dynamite. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. What do you got? holiday season we'll be giving thanks to our friends over at manscaped everyone loves turkey and stuffing but you'll be looking like a dessert with the help of manscaped's performance package 4.0 like like if a banana were a dessert you You got that right and you know the leaders in below the waist grooming have blessed you with the ultimate thanksgiving dinner topic you can tell your in-laws about the new cutting edge ball trimmer and or gift yourself or the man in your life the ultimate men's hygiene bundle wow you can trim your pumpkins by going to manscape.com and use the promo code bbb for free shipping and 20 percent off tell them more i think your holiday spread is good it's time to give thanks to manscape performance package 4.0 or as i like to call it the perfect package for your package. Mm-hmm. Redundant. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Provider Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Think the of it shed. as a. Yeah, the shed. Yes, correct. <laughs> Think of it as a cornucopia for your balls. Oh. Uh, their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advantage skin safe technology. It gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise stage. Plus, it's waterproof. Mm. The Performing Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop up your worst weeds up top in your nose and your ear. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. That was a mouthful to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. I hate when my holes get tugged. Yeah, 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 especially when they're delicate. Um, Can't forget the Manscaped's liquid formulation. No, you can't. Oh, which is what I use the most of, to be honest. The Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Provider Toner Spray. I like the pumpkin pie and ice cream after Thanksgiving dinner. Can't live without it. Mm-hmm. Your balls will be living in turkey heaven with these formulations. As if this wasn't enough, it's time to do the dishes with Manscaped shower products. I feel like that should be part of the main course, but whatever. Difference in opinion. Lather <laughs> some of Manscaped's refined body wash on their brand new signature body buffer and give yourself the lather and rinse your body deserved. Loose the loofah and exfoli- exfoliate your mates. Mm-hmm. And then no hygiene routine is complete without Manscaped's signature deodorant as well. A couple swipes of this and you'll be feeling, oh, so crisp. Gifting mm. Manscaped is the ultimate hack to being the family favorite. Call us to action. Mm, I like hacks. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off 
and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BBB. You know what you should also be is thankful for this, thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. And you know what? Your balls will most definitely thank you. They better damn well thank me. Yes, they will. I will survive. Hey, hey. I will survive. Is is that Aretha Franklin or Diana Ross? Aretha problem? Oh, yeah, it is Aretha problem. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. We are wrong. It's Gloria Gaynor. Wow. I don't know Um, who that is. The the, the first, um, like, you know, when you Google stuff and it says people also ask and like other similar questions. One of them is, what is the meaning of I will survive? I don't know. I think it's pretty transparent, you know? <laughs> it is that's the sentence there's nothing yeah, yeah. There's nothing hidden here yeah 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 it's pretty out in the open pretty explicit <laughs> I don't think, hey no, hey no i don't think it's shrouded under uh what does it metaphor. say what um, do, what does it say under that what is the song about and this is um uh, um sourced by smoothradio.com uh, what is the song about? The song is a female empowerment anthem and is about old text moving on after a bad relationship. Mm. Since taken on other meanings for people who have overcome any difficult situation, but Dino Fakaris, whoever Dino, that is, there he is again. There he is revealed. <laughs> <laughs> it was about getting fired by Motown Records, where he was a staff writer. Now I hung out with Dino Saturday night. Shout out to yeah. Dino's Dino. Dino, not not Gaudio. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay, well, hey, uh, we've got Survivor Series uh, 2022 War Games live yes. from Boston, Massachusetts. So, 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 so question for, from the Garden. get-go. Oh, yes. good. So question for the get-go, and um, we can cut that mess out there, but... Uh, no, it's yeah. fine. Don't. <laughs> Don't, Don't you dare! <laughs> but, um, so is there not always the, the elimination bracket, or is that only in 98? Or is that yeah, like, that was it... only 98. So that was just like at the time, because the title was vacant, they essentially turned Survivor Series into what they called the Deadly Game Tournament. Okay. Gotcha. So what Survivor Series is at its core is, and it didn't happen here because they had war games, but it's elimination matches, usually five on five. So it's like everybody has to get pinned or submitted, counted out, whatever, until... Okay one team remains whether it's one person two three whatever those are the sole survivors okay so yeah. that's kind of the concept you know from the beginning you know they had others four on four there was one that was like 10 on 10 because it was wow. like five tag teams versus five tag oh, teams oh Lord. so they've had different things um deal have we watched an elimination chamber match where they have like the pods and I it's bl- like an enclosed i think so so that was birthed at Survivor Series 2002. So it's kind of like a haven for mm-hmm. kind of big matches like that. But at its core, like I said, it's those, you know, elimination style matches, which over time, you know, they've had Raw versus SmackDown. They've had, you know, WWE versus the Alliance, which was, you know, the WCW kind of era when they just mm-hmm. had first bought it. They had team bischoff versus team austin so it's like there's usually some sort of stakes involved in that right. but uh 
but no, the tournament was just for 1998. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was, I guess what piqued my interest was it's branded war games, you know, and I was like, okay, so this is a deviation from the norm. Yeah. You know? So I, I was like, that oh, was interesting I, as well. And then I asked, you know, myself, like, what is the norm? And I, yeah. and I realized I didn't know it. So yep. now yeah. you do. Yep. And we're probably going to watch, uh, we are going to watch 1992 this week to talk next week. So you'll get to see plenty of uh, traditional Survivor Series matches. Oh, so. Plenty of survival. Yeah. And a lot of times you'd get like guys or women that like don't necessarily team together. So you'd always get some kind of like interesting combinations as well. Okay. And um, guys that maybe don't get along as well or, mm-hmm. you know, what have you. So it's always a definitely a fun event. But, you know, of the big four pay-per-views, like it's definitely the least of the four, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, still great. Yeah. I... Yeah, there's your history yeah. lesson. Yeah, there's my history lesson. History so book. we start and uh, we're just going to say we are not going to talk about the Ronda Rousey Shotzi match because we opted not to watch it. No nope. good reasons. So, but the other four matches were all excellent. This was a great show. Uh, we had a we didn't watch it together, but I we talked a little bit. We both really enjoyed it. I haven't heard any of your thoughts yet, so I'm excited to talk about it. And let's kick it off with the go. women's war game match, which saw what I'm calling Team Bianca featuring Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, Becky Lynch, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss defeating team damage control. Bailey, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross, and my mommy. Oh, EO Sky and my mommy, Rhea Ripley, in mm-hmm. 39 minutes, 35 seconds. Just, I'm just going to ask it like this is an if you recall, because this is kind of a fresh, you know, we watched one old War Games match from 92 that was referenced on the broadcast, mm-hmm. Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. But uh, right off the top, seeing the WWE main roster concept of War Games, seeing the women go at it first, what were your thoughts? And it was like, and both this and the men, the men, I guess, you know, I think they, the men just seem to have a few more weapons in there, but both of them were very, you know, weapons heavy that I like table spots and things like that. You know, like it's an interesting concept because like if AEW is doing a cage, like, and even if it's on TV and especially a pay-per-view, there's always like a lot of blood, a lot of the cheese grater thing, mm-hmm. you know, and this doesn't have as much of that, but this one has a lot more of those like big spots that you would think would yeah. cause bleeding. So like that was just kind of interesting to me. I thought, you know, that they, you know, had kind of a lot more like extreme stuff, more hardcore stuff, but like somehow it resulted in less blood, you know, and that, that was. Um, and I think that kind of just goes back to when WWE was PG as it had been for, you know, like 13 years until now. Right. So they just didn't have as much blood. And I think that's something AEW intentionally did. And as we talked about, overdid too much is just use blood. So I think that was just kind of like their calling card for a while. And WWE, you know, you just don't see it as much because they were PG for so long. But when they were, typically when you saw it, you knew it was real because like, it's like, oh shit, okay, yeah. that must have really fucked him up. But uh well, well, was AEW like is that a like a lot of blade jobs even in a cage match? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say the majority of what you see in AEW is a blade job. Not everything. Like we'll get to it, but I think even Jericho bladed his chest against Ishii. Yeah. And yeah, that, yeah, if that, he that did, it worked, it fucking worked. You oh, know? yeah, like, yeah. It was it was great. Unique. Yeah, really added to it. And but yeah, yeah let's there's a, we'll talk about that later, but 
Uh, yeah, interesting observation. And I know before we went on the air, you were kind of talking about comparing this to AEW's Blood and Guts. So what do you kind of think, you know, compared to this? Obviously, we have two different matches, but yeah. uh, wouldn't you like one better than the other? You know, I think because, like, I'm more invested in AEW stories. Of course. Um, but I think this, it's like being on a pay-per-view and a spectacle, um, to me, both was handled better. You know, because yeah. I think the AEW once they happen on a dynamite, the picture in picture. Comes oh, yeah. In. The commercials just kind right. of kill it. Yeah. And like, even though like they have just better people that people that I like more, like especially the storytelling with the men's. Like oh, that, my was, God, that, yeah. that was that was that was intense. That was it really was good. Awesome. Yeah. It was really good. And like, of course, like MJF has been in a blood and guts and talk about like storytelling yeah. stuff. He's like kind of one of the best people to follow narratively yep. and he yeah. almost murdered chris jericho he did and, and again that, that 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 again that spot not handled super well Correct. you know um one thing i loved was the overhead shot that oh I don't yeah think, yeah i really enjoyed yeah. that overhead shot Very I, great. I, that was you know not something you want to linger on for a while but 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 a nice touch um, especially when you saw all 10 bodies down and just yeah. all the weapons strewn about like yeah that was a great shot right yeah. there but yeah, this, you know, I thought like AEW, the story I'm more invested in, but I thought this was handled better. And, and even in a concentrated sense with the bloodline story, you know, that was, yeah. that was really well done, you know, for someone who is loosely familiar, you know, with that kind of note, knowing that these guys are kind of on top. The use of, I you think know, you're they're... more familiar now. Oh, like, yeah. that was such good. That was such good shit. And that's why I told you, like, be sure you watch those backstage seg- that yeah. backstage segments because it all is going to pay off. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Sami Zayn. He's wily. Yeah, he sure is. Wily. Yeah. So in terms of compare and contrast, so I do think that if Blood and Guts was on a pay-per-view, you know, it would be much better. Because sure, yeah. you, you would be able to get to see it. Mm-hmm. But I think what the difference is, one, I don't like that uh, WWE's cage doesn't have a top on it. Yeah. That's what the traditional War Games cage has a top on it. Um, and what AEW continued to, that WWE does not do is that it's once the match beyond happens, once everyone's in, it's submit or surrender, whereas mm-hmm. WWE does pinfall or submission. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, they obviously got to have some differences. But just because I guess I like the old school mentality of it and it's different you know Mm -hmm. submit or surrender compared to just another time when you have to pin someone and right well it takes advantage of like all these other people because the last person who always comes in is are like the big people Mm -hmm. that's how it always works but like it it sort of takes advantage of other people beating up on other people and it kind of leads to some you know kind of interesting end of match kind of um yeah the formula is very nice and it's similar in aew but it's like you know and it was different in the men's because the heels did not get the advantage, but almost every time the heels will get the advantage. And then it's just kind of like, okay, two on one. And then it gets evened up and the faces get the advantage and then it's three on two. So it's kind of like a, a ping ponging of like domination and advantages every time a new person comes in. And then obviously once the last person is in fucking game on. Yep. Uh, but it's like, it's almost like six mini matches inside of one, mm-hmm. but yet it can't end until. Yeah. But, but know, the, the, cumul- the cumulative effect matters, you know, like yeah. it, it, it does more so than in a normal match. Like people are getting beat up and, and there's like fatigue and, and wear and tear versus, you know, kind of a, a normal match where people can kind of disappear for a little while. Yep. You yeah. Know? There's no escape. Yeah. yeah. So I and think, I, yeah, th- th- that's also, I think, makes this kind of kind of interesting, adds a new level of strategy to it. 
Yeah, and I did like that at least WWE said, you know, even though they don't have the ceiling, they said if you escape the cage, your team loses. So okay. at least there's, you know, that is established. Right. So no one's getting out. But um, yeah, it was this was great. Um, you know, I liked uh, the ending. Obviously, we'll just kind of talk about random things throughout here. Both of these were 40 minutes, so a lot happened. But I loved seeing... Well, first off, I went one and four in my picks on this show, and the only one I got right was the match we didn't watch. <laughs> so I, I kind of thought and was pulling for the heels initially here just because from a storytelling standpoint, I thought it made more sense. Bailey keeps losing, so I'm like, she's got to win sometime. But what I was going to say is I loved, especially at the finish, seeing Bianca and Becky, who have been rivals for so long, teaming up and getting the win together. Um, I thought that was really cool. I loved mm -hmm. when Becky got in and she kept calling Bailey a little bitch, <laughs> a little bitch. Like that just really elevated, you know, and she was the last person in. Right. Right. But I think that was just a great way to get her in. We had great stuff with Rhea Ripley and Becky, which, you know, they've got some history and are two of the best. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think about Rhea Ripley in the ring? I know we've only seen her a few times, but uh, what are your thoughts on her? I don't know. Like, she's just kind of, she's very imposing, you mm -hmm. know? Um, she kind of, like, does that sort of sauntering around thing. Um, oh, yeah. She's got a little bounce to her step ever since she's been leading leading the judgment there. Yeah. I think she's better just kind of at, like, the character part of wrestling maybe more so than in ring a little bit you know but i think because she's so good at that part but yeah i mean i think she's great interesting but, yeah. yeah yeah she's awesome i was gonna say uh you know i've i've not hidden my uh my thoughts that uh mm -hmm. i'm very into her and mm -hmm. uh since she's come back uh recently and been wrestling it's like i'm kind of getting a little horny when she wrestles <laughs> yeah no she has that very like you know dominance yeah. Kinda, yeah yeah that very you know she's like and definitely she's very powerful and yes. thick oh in yeah all the right places yeah you got a got a, got a lot more musculature than like becky lynch or yeah or bailey or, or kind of um, alexa bliss or, or but just watching this and then her and oscar went one-on-one -on, -one on raw on monday yeah for the advantage which she won it's just like i'm kind of getting a little turned on right now. yeah i can see it it's 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 uh it's a it, it, it's, it's a wild. spectacle. No, yeah. I, I I like her a lot. You know, I think like you know she, you know, while kind of like a lot more like like the WWE's wrestlers always come like more terrestrial, you mm -hmm. know, kind of a little bit more like you know on the ground, uh, kind of things. And she really kind of fits in, uh, like that, like kind of just a larger, you know, uh, just bigger, more imposing women's wrestler. But she she plays that well. I mean, I think she's, you know, out of all of them, the one whose character I could probably like describe the most for sure. And that's know? really yeah. been a recent thing. Like she yeah. was always, she's always been imposing and dominant, mm -hmm. but she was a baby face initially and just didn't really have as much of a personality, but now she's oh, yeah. the complete fucking package. And yeah. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. But uh, anywho, um, let's see. We got a nice uh, <clears throat> moonsault from EO sky mm -hmm. off the cage, which she had done before in war games, NXT. It's interesting yeah. Because this was the first war games on the main roster, a lot of the folks that participated hadn't been involved in this in both the men's and women's because it was all NXT. So mm -hmm. a lot of these women had because they'd done it in NXT. But in the men's match, I think it was only Kevin Owens and maybe one more had ever done it. So yeah. 
just interesting there. Um, um, what was the deal with the handcuffs? Because like I remember they just appeared all of a sudden. I was like, what? Like, wait, you know? what? Remind me what happened again. Um, it was the one wrestler I'm the least familiar with. Um, handcuffed Alexa Bliss. Oh, was it Nikki Cross? Yeah, yeah, Nikki. Yeah, Cross. yeah, okay, yeah the okay. one of them. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. So they used to be tag partners. Okay. Yeah, she was like yelling at her. She's like, I didn't forget or something like that. Yeah. And, so and, they and, is she a noted handcuffer? You know, I guess so. Remember, she was Nikki A.S.H. and she was like the, the superhero. The superhero. Okay, now I now I but know her. Her yeah. initial gimmick, she was part of this group Sanity, and she was kind of a nut job. And I, she's kind of gone back to that. So yeah. And then there was another time. I'm glad you brought her up, where she was just kind of sitting on the top of the cage while everyone else was down there fighting for like several minutes, and then she jumped on top of everyone. Yeah. We had Rhea Ripley doing the fucking pull-ups in her cage, which was badass. Oh, I want to talk about those cages in. a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. That was very strippery, <laughs> I thought. Like, yeah. uh, it is interesting. Like, that's another it thing. Is. It, big it's difference different. between yeah. AEW and W. Like, in AEW, they're just standing outside the cage yeah. and ready to run in. But here, they're in their, their stripper cage. Yeah. Or shark cage, as they've called them before, up at the top of the ramp. Shark cage? Oh, yeah. like, like a cage that protects you from a shark, maybe, but not a cage yeah. shark would be. Yeah. No, I thought it was very just kind of BDSM, like strippery, you know. For sure. Um, like if I were in that cage with Ray Ripley, I don't know what would happen. It'd be scary. Ooh, yeah. Good but, stuff. Uh, but yeah, she, and, uh, but yeah, the, the pull ups were, were a neat touch, I thought. Yeah. And she also got misted by Asuka as well and even yeah. fought through it. You know, she was battling with the green face the whole time, but, uh, Asuka's got yeah. the green mist. Yep, yep. Yeah. But yeah, this was just a ton of fun. I mean, anything else that stuck out to you? Um, obviously, we had the, like I mentioned, the double team ending. Yeah, which with I Becky yeah. finishing it, you know, with the jump off the top through the table. They'd been calling for table. The fans had been calling for tables all match, and they finally got it. So that yeah. was good. But. Yeah. And like for this, like the men's um, war games, there were um, tables of plenty. And this, yeah. um, you know, even though like I think both benefited, you know, the men's benefited from a plethora, from an abundance of tables. This benefited from kind of that lack of it you know and i thought like that made that ending that much more crushing that was a fucking hard move for sure like, like with taking both of them through through the table so yeah, yeah. good great ending well and this had more of the kendo sticks because oh Nikki, yeah they were everywhere. Nikki, like threw 10 of them in when she came in so yeah i liked how each match kind of had you know its own weapons of choice mm. so to speak so yes. but yeah very very fun match um you know and again this was just such a great show so after this then we had the first backstage segment which i just love paul Heyman so mm -hmm. much and just he just crushes this he crushes everything oh but yeah just, just with his face yeah just sitting in the background just holding the two belts and just his subtle reactions to every little thing he's a fucking genius but yeah this was basically jay uso continuing the long story that he doesn't trust Sami Zayn, everyone else does. He had overheard Sami and KO talking on SmackDown and KO basically telling him to turn his back on them before they do it to him. Sami lied to him about not talking. And again, this is just such great storytelling, as you mentioned, because, mm -hmm. you know, these segments are all so meaningful and Reigns has gotten just so good at like, he's so measured and, you know, mm -hmm. so, I don't know, every little motion, every word means so much. And mm -hmm. I just love it. But basically he's like, I'll look him in the eyes and man to man, if then I'll know if he's telling the truth and where his yeah. loyalty lies. So. Right. Yeah. No, all those scenes had a lot of just, I mean, all that red, 
you know yeah like, and it I, is I inten- you were about that. to say it it's intense mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and like I, like i thought because like you know like like that whole room was in there they were wearing those bright red shirts and stuff yeah. like it had kind of like a different kind of like i don't know like that red lighting like i think that whole red just ambiance that they created i think just yeah. added something new because whenever i think of roman reigns i think of like black navy yeah. blue you know yep. smackdown stuff yep. you know uh, lately so that this was kind of this added a degree of like severity you know um or red like like an alert or an alarm you know it, it, it made you sort of pay attention to it made it made your hair raise a little bit um i oh, thought yeah. that was uh yeah i thought it was all just from the visual component to the act to the wrestling to the acting to everything yeah good yep wonderful wonderful yeah match two <clears throat> Definitely one I was looking forward to. Saw sure. AJ Styles get his first pay-per-view singles win in three years. That's a long time. Finn Balor in 18 minutes, 23 seconds. Yes, it is a long time. And this was pretty reminiscent of the Rollins. Um, what was it? The Rollins and who did he fucking fight Monday? Finn. Rollins yeah. and Finn, when the one we were at two weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. just two fucking quality great wrestlers just going to work you know it wasn't anything super duper flashy uh but this was just excellent stuff and i think like so obviously the oc and uh, the judgment day got involved but then they kind of spilled out to the back and i think after that happened things took you know took up a notch and this was really good shit down the street got that out of the way you know like especially for it being like a kind of a good clean match after like having like all the, the factions out there, yep. you know, well, especially like, you know, your, your heel faction, you had like Dominic, um, who else, was, who else was with them? Dominic um, and Damian priest. Damian and Damian then priest. it was gallows and Anderson gallows. Yeah. And like, I don't know they, um, you know, kind of, it was fun whenever they, you know, sort of got in sort of took each other out, spilled outside of the ring. But yeah, especially with, um, the, um, God, I keep forgetting their name. The um, Dominic, what's their statement? The, the judgment, judgment Day. Judgment Day, yeah. Like kind of, you know, you would think that they that they would have some sort of interference, but they kind of took that off the table, and I think it led to yeah. a kind of more exciting, cleaner match between AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, again, the beginning was good, you know, and obviously you knew those were going to go at it, but once they got serious and it was just them one-on-one, <clears throat> it was just great shit. Um, I don't – I'm not going to say – like. I wasn't disappointed at all. Like Tim King was texting me. He's like, I saw you went four stars. Were you disappointed? I'm like, no, it was really good, but I think they've got more in them. And I mm-hmm. thought the ending was slightly abrupt when he just kind of hit the phenomenal forearm. And that was that, like after they'd kind of been countering and, you know, it, was, it seemed like they were building up and building up. Yeah. Um, but they did some great shit. Obviously, uh, you know, Balor had had his knee worked on a lot. Styles almost tapped him out with the calf crusher. Mm-hmm. But I loved how he broke out of it. You know, he was in that move for a long time. And then he just grabbed Styles' head and just kept slamming it into the mat to yeah. get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never, not really seen that, like, sort of escape from a submission before. Yeah. Especially usually... when you're in it for that long. Too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's usually always like this long struggle. And that was just kind of, you know added a lot of momentum because you know submissions you know while interesting parts they're definitely a part of the match that sort of slows down yeah and you know sometimes you know how they're going to get at sometimes you know oh yeah they're going to get their foot on the rope and stuff and this was just kind of a unique thing that i think was a ramp into more excitement um finn balor a lot of his uh what are his stomps his head stomps yeah Yeah, that just seems like a brutal move to me yep 
Yeah, and then obviously there wasn't a Styles Clash hit. Balor went for it first, and AJ went for it at one point, didn't get it, but got the job done with the phenomenal forearm. But yeah, like I said, this was just rock-solid professional wrestling. I'm guessing this feud is far from over, um, and I'm sure we'll get to see more between these two guys. I'd love to see them get kind of a bigger spotlight-type match. Um, Obviously, getting a big singles match on a pay-per-view with very few singles matches is still a big deal, but uh, I think they've got a little more in them, but yeah, no complaints for me. This was damn good. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought like definitely like singles wise, you know, like, I mean, I guess the, only this and the women's match were the only singles matches. Am I forgetting one? Well, and then the triple threat, the triple which... threat, but, but, but yeah, I guess there's the one-on-one like classic yeah, yeah. wrestling matches. I mean, this definitely fit the bill, but I, I, I kind of see what you were saying. Like, I think something like this does deserve, you know, a big time TV match um, or just, yeah, something on pay-per-view. I mean, the next pay-per-view is what is it? Royal Rumble? The Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah so maybe, we'll maybe. See. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so after, obviously then we had Shotzi and Ronda, which we're skipping. And then we had the Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, which this was obviously just as great. And, you know, Sammy, you know, he came clean. He's like, yes, I did talk to Kevin. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell Jay because he had a lot on his mind. He had the tag match for the advantage and I just didn't want to put too much on his plate. Yeah. And he knew he would have been like ticked off at it. It was a good reason. Yeah. You know, once he sure. articulated all of it, cause I thought it was going to be kind of a dumb bullshit thing, but no, yeah. it was actually a pretty well articulated kind of in kayfabe, like very true thing. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, I loved, you know, how he was like, you don't think I realized, you know, basically how privileged I am to be here. Only five people get to get to walk in this room. The wise man, the Usos, Solo and me. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know how much that means to me? That means the world to me. And this is a character, you know, who'd been kind of lost for a while and struggled, you know, struggled. You know, he was kind of had that goofy conspiracy <laughs> character two Same, years yeah. ago. And then obviously the Knoxville match was amazing and he's really kind of taken off since then. But like, I felt it and like, you know, you just, it was great. Like this true emotion in there. And then Reigns, you know, he's like, get up and they look each other in the eyes and he just like, let's do it. And they hugged and just awesome. Just great shit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, like Sami Zayn too, does a really good job of like, seeming very tentative but then shifting to being like very sure of himself yeah you know just kind of like i don't know everyone else was sort of wearing like ring stuff and like you know not to zip too far forward but he comes out for the war games match in that same red shirt Mm -hmm. you know that looks like a shirt you would buy at a merch tent like he looked it wasn't like a fitted wrestling shirt where like it made him look (laughs) jacked it looked like he was just a dude who bought a shirt from a merch tent (laughs) you know and i thought that sort of added to you know whether he feels authentically like he's part of this like he kind of looked a little awkward there but like kind of you know he does a really good job of really kind of turning it on um you know i will obviously talk about what happened in the war games match later but no i think he's great for sure for sure yeah he's on the run of his career and uh it's been outstanding Mm -hmm. so next we get to this point my favorite match of the night and that is our boy a town down austin theory i guess he's our boy now i'm just saying that defeats Big Bob and Seth fucking Rollins in 14 minutes, 50 seconds. Yeah, I absolutely loved this. Um, yeah, this was definitely probably, I would say probably, you know, more so than the War Games matches, even though that had a lot of story wrestling wise. 
probably my yeah, favorite. I, I went four and a quarter on this and the main event and four on each of those first two. But yeah, like from a pure wrestling standpoint, this mm-hmm. was so damn good. Um, obviously, us being at the Raw two weeks ago where all these seeds started sowing, I think helped. But uh, again, just seeing the evolution of theory in these two weeks since he lost the money in the bank contract has been awesome. And what about the ending of this? Like, just shows Wild. the brilliance of Austin Theory. Because first off, Seth, when he jumped off of Theory to or jumped off Lashley to stomp Theory, was yeah. brilliant. And then he does the move off the top, and then he catches him into the Falcon Arrow. And as he's got him up, Big Bob hits him with the spear, and Austin Theory so smartly rolls on top mm-hmm. of Rollins for the three. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it, it, like definitely um, good healy stuff, but like good unexpected stuff. Just that little like, cover, sure. like, 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 the, like the awareness I thought yeah. was really good. You know, just kind of swiping. So, um, partially, it's kind of really funny to me that he just like pulled the rug out under from Big Bob, just totally yeah. took advantage of Big Bob trying too hard. Absolutely. Big I mean, Bob was hilarious in this yeah. match. Remember when he put both of them in the Hurt Locker? Yeah. That looked so silly. Yeah, it didn't really work out very well. Oh, yeah, well. And, and the commentary is really trying to sell They're like, oh, yeah. I've never seen this before. And I'm just like, yeah. they, 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 look like they're, they look like they're doing a conga line, you know, but up top instead of on your hips. Like, it was it was, it was, was silly. Yeah, Big, uh, big, big Bob, you know, kind of, you know, Really kind of made it go, but to the advantage of the other two wrestlers, you know, Seth Rollins in theory, I think this was kind of, you know, it seemed to become a little bit more about them. You oh, know, for Big sure. Bob was just kind of there. He definitely dominated the early going for sure. Um, and, you know, he definitely got his power moves in and whatnot, you know, hit a few spears. But, yeah, um, Rollins had that moment where he was just running all over the place and like suicide dive here, suicide yeah. dive there somersault dive there like he was just going nuts um yeah just i thought this was it was fast paced from the get-go it never let down i thought they worked so well together there weren't a ton of like you know it only went 15 minutes so there weren't a ton of like napping sequences as we like to say in matches like these where a guy will just be out of commission for a while Mm -hmm. um so yeah i just thought this was paced very well uh, we got a pedigree from Rollins under Lashley as well. Uh, but yeah, I just thought this was just great stuff and uh, looking forward to see uh, the fallout as well. It's going on right now as we speak. Yeah. I mean, like they definitely got some good, so- good some good stories going with this um, and what was going on with the bloodline. Yeah. Some yeah. really compelling stuff that I think was just, you know, buoyed by, you know, great matches. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely happy for Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, he he's won me over. You know, he's someone I think I mentioned last, you know, one of the two episodes we did last week was like, you know, in the last few years, as I was kind of just dabbling in WWE, like I liked what I saw from him. But, you know, especially character wise, like, I you know, wasn't all there yet. Like, like and then he became Vince's guy. Yeah. You know, which, which like they still play into that a little bit. I still yeah. think that's part of the heel identity and For stuff. Sure. And, like, and now he's kind of trying to find who he is without that. Yep. Um, and, and I that, think you know, he's finding it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this match was all about that. It seemed to me. And just his attitude and his focus, like we've been mentioned has completely shifted, you know, no bullshit, no more selfies, all business. Mm. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, no, I did too. This was great.
All right, we've been dancing around it, but our main event saw the Bloodline defeat the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens in 38 minutes, 32 seconds. I'm just going to give the floor to you because we've kind of, you know, talked uh, a lot about this, but haven't really uh, spoken about the details, but uh, give it to me. Yeah, man, when when I talked earlier about that cum- cumulative effect, that, you know, sort of like battle of attrition that that, that kind of seems to occur in this. Like this is where it was both like really pronounced in a really good part of the story because the stuff in the beginning, you know, can kind of, you know, sort of become like a little less relevant, you know, when kind of the stuff is at the end. And this match did run the risk of that because like, you know, a lot of it, you know, kind of like whenever Sami Zayn like came in there, you know, that was, you know, a big focal moment where like the tide turned, like you knew, that was going to be something, but I well, mean, real what, quick, I loved just to say real quick, I loved how it was Jay and Butch at first. And yeah. then, yeah, Jimmy I was about Uso, to say, yeah, Jimmy Uso was like getting out of the cage and Roman stopped. And again, this, I, I love the subtleties of Roman, just like so smooth. It's just like, mm-mm, points yeah. to Sammy points out. Well, and then, you know, cool. right then and there, like, yeah. OK, this is a big deal because Jay and Sammy have been at odds for months. And Roman's like, all right, you two need to fucking figure this out and make it work. So right. I just thought that was brilliant. But oh, continue. yeah. No, yeah. I was like the brawling brutes, especially in the early going, you know, I think we're the MVPs because whenever oh, who was the first to so in was that was, Jay? Yeah, it was Butch and Jay started it. Yeah, and then, then Ridge, Ridge the fridge, and then yeah. uh, Jimmy. So those were the first Jimmy, and the then I think, tags. and then I think the one after that wasn't it Sheamus? You know, because so like what, what, no, it was Drew. Drew okay, Drew, I've, Drew. I've got, got it up here. So yeah, Ridge, Sammy, Drew, Jimmy, Owens, Solo, Sheamus, Roman. That was yeah. No, that early stuff. I mean, like a lot of good. You know, that's whenever we talked about a lot of those like table spots and stuff. You know, like that early stuff, like even though a lot of it, you know, like with war games, it's like taking advantage of people and stuff like that had a really great ebb and flow to it. I thought that sort of kept me locked in. That wasn't just like when Sammy going to come in and then when's the story going to kind of pivot like both of those two chunks of the match, you know, worked out really well. And then kind of them beating up on each other sort of like led to that whole aspect sort of wearing itself down and then letting the story sort of be what's sort of left. Versus the story coming in and kicking all of that's ass. Like that all For kicked sure. each other's ass. I know that's like really topsy-turvy there. No, that's word a great salad. point. Yeah. But yeah. Um, seven layer word salad. Seven layer word salad. But but yeah, kind of, you know, I thought that that was sort of set up pretty well. You know, pretty pretty even. Um, You know, kind of get the best of both worlds. Your real narrative driven stuff. Then you're real just, you know, beating up on each other stuff. Yeah, um, and that was... The two first Bloodline members, Sammy, obviously brought the intrigue of the storytelling. And then Jimmy was the one who brought in all the tables. So it's like, you know, not even half the guys are in here yet. And you've got two very intriguing things going on. And just Mm -hmm. I loved just again, there were moments where Jimmy or Sammy and Jay were getting into it. Like when Jimmy got in and got the table, like Jay got pissed that Sammy was helping. He's like, no, I got it. And then they got into like a shoving match. So it's Uh like that set that tone right off the bat. And then, all right, then they're getting beat up again. So they've got it. You know, they were like teaming up out of necessity. And I love there were moments. There was the one moment I think where Sammy like pulled Jay away from getting a super Mm -hmm. kick or something. And kind of like, I got you. Yeah, like he was like constantly having to prove to him, and Sam or Jay just wasn't buying it at all. No, and then obviously when KO gets in there after Jimmy, 
you know, that's the second huge intriguing storytelling piece. And there was like a very, very brief moment where those two kind of like locked eyes. Um, But then I think I got, I think Ridge the fridge like came and grabbed Sammy, but it's like, oh no, they're definitely not going to face off yet. And as we saw, that didn't happen until the very end of the match. So they kept that kind of sacred then it was Solo Sokoa. He obviously kind of took control, and then Sheamus took control, and then Roman got in here, and uh, here we go. But yeah, that's yeah, and then let the war games begin, all that let fun stuff. The war games begin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the obviously big moments was when Jay Uso super kicked Sami Zayn here, mm-hmm. um, because he was holding one of the guys and obviously moved. And the fans chanted asshole at him and he Jay didn't give a fuck. Jimmy was mm-hmm. obviously like, what the hell? And then they hit their the one D as they call it on Butch. Um, you know, there were some solid near falls in this. I think there were more in this than in the women's match. Like the women's match, I feel like was more about like the big moves and kind mm-hmm. of building to that. But this definitely had more of those like, oh, is that it moment? Even though you knew it wasn't going to end until there was some big interaction between Sammy and Kevin Owens. Oh, for but, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it. I guess let's just talk about it first. Um, so Owens hits the stunner, or her first the pop-up powerbomb, then the stunner on Reigns. And as the rep is coming down for three, <clears throat> from out of the camera, you see Sammy Zayn grab the ref's arm mm-hmm. and stop the three count which was brilliant. And then Kevin Owens gets up and he's all pissed off. And they, this is when the moment happens. And I don't remember if they were yelling at each other or just kind of, yeah, but, but wasn't other. Roman Reigns like down and he was like, yeah, is this yeah. your family, the, this your family moment, all that stuff. Oh yeah. That's cause he was like kind of coming too. And yeah, he mm-hmm. did say something to Sammy. Yeah. And then that's when Jimmy super kicked Owens. Uh-huh. Owens caught it. And then, boom the low blow the low blow <laughs> yeah and then what was brilliant you wouldn't know this but the way he, remember how he like caught him mm-hmm. like as he was going down he like caught ko and his like face was basically buried in his chest like yeah. that exact spot happened in their match at battleground 2016 which was sammy's first win over ko wow. and their best match by far so i love that they brought that spot back and the brilliance of just him, like, after he did it, just to Jay, like, here you go. He's all yours. Like, just that, just yeah. showing him. And then he hits the splash. That's it. And, like, pretty much immediately you get the hug from Jay Uso. The crowd fucking pops. And, uh, yeah, this was just so damn fucking good. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, especially that in, like, a great just culmination to the story again this is just had you know like i said two parts just such a great build up um yeah no i thought this was you know just i was with it wire to wire loved yeah, it for sure yeah what a show mm-hmm. what a match yeah again much better for, i said it was a five star match from a storytelling standpoint you know the the in ring work itself was definitely good but nothing like mind blowing but right. yeah just amazing stuff um you know finally I think he's fully, you know, embraced into the bloodline now with Jay. They have now their own handshake because he and Jimmy had a handshake. It's all good fun. But, yeah, uh, yeah going to be very interesting because, you know, myself and a lot of others kind of thought, you know, that Sammy and KO would be the ones to dethrone the Usos. 
maybe they still are, but I got a feeling it's probably going to be a little while because I think people are going to want to see this group all together and unified and on the same page, but it's certainly not going to last forever. Oh yeah. I don't think it is either. I think it's going to, you know, won't be the thing that takes the belt off him, but I think it'll be kind of a, you know, something that, that that's fun and interesting. I mean, you would think that like re- the next WrestleMania would be like the big moment where maybe he loses the belt there. Yeah. You know, I feel like they're going to wait for something like that. Something, you know, their biggest moment of the year, but I think this is going to be some great stuff like leading up to that potential, you know, moment no may not involve yeah. Sami Zayn, but I think Sami Zayn's like the next rung up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine we'll probably get another match between he and KO at some point. Oh, I for mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Great stuff ahead. Another great pay-per-view from WWE. And look at us. We're a, we're a full-fledged WWE podcast now. Oh, yeah. Or again, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and not and not for um, not not being – I guess we were never really made to. We just kind of agreed to. We did it yeah. out of desperation. Yeah, we were on but, the payroll. But, yeah, yeah. Now this is completely voluntary. Yeah. Good Oh, such good shit. Yeah. Well, Beaumont, the holidays are almost here, and there is plenty of t-shirt cheer. Thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Mm -mm. Trust me when I say that this is a gift the ladies will appreciate too. You gotta love that. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees. And now you can save big while you do so. Get 25% off True Classic with our exclusive link at trueclassic.com slash BBB. And the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Support and sh- support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash BBB. Bmont, tell them more. If you're rocking a Santa bod, maybe lay off the ho-ho-hos. A true <laughs> classic might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for this side of Tiny Tim. Hmm. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. Uh, I guess except for Santa in that case. Yep. Well, um, well, True Classics team designed t-shirts to make the fellas of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. I was wrong. These tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is a desirable look that can be achieved by every body type. They give you the wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality of the t-shirts are absolutely elite. Mm-hmm. Elite. 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 You'll look like a young buck. Uh, from going to the gym to your first date, there's no better look than a fresh tee. And they offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos to workout shirts to even boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable. They make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with their elite true classic quality. And they also, yeah, they and they also, yeah, also elite. <laughs> but, but, but this is also like the elite hunter, like Kazarian. I bet, I bet he, he looks like he would wear a big tight true classic show. Oh, sure. Oh, does. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have thrown one at him at the show. <laughs> I bet he would have been like, I got one on. Uh, but they even have a pack builder on their website where you can customize the bundle you want and save even more. And for my big fellas up there, they have all the long options for the tall guys and up to XXXL. Woo. You know, yeah. I wonder if they have one that can fit, you know, the um, who, what's the villain in um, Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer, the Yeti? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet. I bet or the Yeti from Halloween Havoc '95. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet there's true classic tea that can that can fit Yetis and Yetes. <laughs> um, but you know what? It all, true classic also makes uh, for the perfect gift for stocking stuffer for all men in your life. Dad bods get you covered. Rip bods, you know it. Your average Joe, yes sir. Get yourself or someone you love the number one gift on Sandy's list. It's a gift for you, but really a gift for her. Um, CTA me. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash BBB. Free shipping included on purchases over 100 bones. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash BBB. Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classic. Your body will thank you. Santa Claus. Santa Santa Claus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Santa Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that song. About it. Okay, we just want to briefly brush over some of the post full gear dynamite. Um, yeah, I know you didn't end up watching the whole show, but you watched uh, the opening promo with Regal, Mox, and Danielson and the two very good matches, the second match of the trios tournament okay. and the main event between Jericho and Ishii. So uh, firstly, interesting, um, you know, I wasn't sure if Mox would be there or if it would be a scenario where he would just kind of go away for a while. Yeah. I was surprised, but I think it works just fine that MJF wasn't there. Yeah, um, no, I think you needed to get one or two out of the way. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you needed Mox to run up and hit MJF. Like no. I think I think this is kind of better because I think the Mox Regal um animosity is much more uh there's much more to that than just him being mad at MJF. Agreed. You know, everyone's got you know, all the wrestlers in Kayfabe have every reason to be mad at MJF. Yeah, but this is more personal. Yep, totally agree. And yeah, I agree. I like how it was done. Uh, Firstly, I did love at the beginning when Regal had the mic and they were chanting, fuck you, Regal. And he's just like, so uncouth. Yeah. (laughs) The Chicago crowd, man, like they seem to like the opposite of what I like because they they booed the elite. You know, I was super. Well, that's all because of the CM punks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like. I don't know. I think it's like, I know he's like their guy, mm-hmm. but like, man, I still think, you know, like, I, and, and it wasn't, as like vociferous, you know, like, like the, there's a few CM Punk chants. So it's like, they're not fully behind that, but they're still, I mean, there was some fuck, plenty of fuck the elite chants. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fuck the blank, <laughs> chants, you know, <laughs> that, um, and of course they like booed MJF, you know, like they were kind of, you know, not, I mean, I guess not MJ, but like anytime they talked about him, anytime Regal came out there, you know, he's like, he, oh, he's in Hollywood filming a movie, you know, yeah. Mr. he kept calling him Mr. Mr. Freeman. Friedman. Yeah. It sounded like just Freeman without the D. So that I love that though. Okay. And then of course Moxley comes out, everyone cheers. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Danielson comes in and gets in the middle of him. And like, I think the point Danielson make, it's not lost on me when he's talking about Mox's struggles, even though they didn't yeah. come out and say it and he related with his dad, but I thought he was just saying some weird shit i know this it was very interesting yeah yeah yeah. and he was just sort of like i love this man you know kind of all that stuff and i was just like like i get what he was doing but it it sounded a little weird to me like i get like mox mox was great 
you know mox like, was awesome yeah mox he wanted to fucking kill him and, and i knew i knew Dan, what danielson was there for but yeah just like i got the sentiment but the words he chose to express the sentiment were a little yeah, weird I it thought. was a little like and obviously the part about like his dad and the struggles mm-hmm. his dad went through i don't think you necessarily mean that but yeah like the way he went around it was just kind of goofy oh yeah he kept getting in mox's face like don't do it don't do it. Just don't do it. You know, like don't was, don't like don't hurt him. I yeah. love this man. You know, kind of yeah. like yeah, don't like, you do it. Yeah, like kind of like all that other stuff, like like aside all like the real like struggle stuff that they talked about. Just kind of yeah, like like there was just some just some weirdness there. Um yeah, yeah then kind of once they got in each other's face. Um because well, he Mox- said something about Moxley's daughter. He's like, yeah. imagine someone teaching your daughter to love you in spite of your struggles. And that's when he got real mad. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the that's... crowd started chanting bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> like that's a weird chant. Another weird choice of words there. Just like bullshit. Well, bullshit to what? You know? Bullshit, like like oh yeah, like like yeah. like to his daughter. Like yeah. daughter they're telling, oh yeah, bullshit. Like <laughs> <laughs> you 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 better not be mad at him for something you maybe don't remember because you were an infant. But yeah. um, but well, yeah, and then Moxley finally talked. I got it. He said, "Lordship, I only want one thing from you. I want you to run, run as far away and as far away as you can, and never ever come back. Right now, walk and keep on walking." And yeah, then he never... dropped the microphone and left. And so Michael of course this uh. Started all sorts of speculation of William Regal going to WWE, which of course didn't happen. Uh, and I guess Meltzer had initially reported he only signed a one year deal, and then he's like, Nope, it's three years, so he ain't going anywhere. No. <laughs> but that's just the state of the wrestling world these days. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think this was the right way to play this right off the bat. You had like it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked as much to save this Mox Regal confrontation for two months down the line or whenever it might have been like it needed to happen now yeah now the question is do we see do we see regal anytime soon what does mox do you know this is kind of like the first time he dropped the belt to kenny at the end of 2020 we talked a lot about like what does he do what does he do um you know he kind of did he did the shit with eddie kingston and then he went and fought all the Japanese wrestlers and then he kind of made his way back into the title picture. But, you know, everyone kind of assumed he was going to take a vacation, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So no, you think we see Regal anytime soon? And well, the one you big think Moxley's going to stick around. The one big hint, I guess, um, in the Michael Adams wise is um, he mentioned an email, you know, cause remember how um, he got um, MJF's whole promo and since he was about an email and he, yep. Mentioned that he sent an email to MJF, like yep. I guess, in the weeks before uh, Full Gear. So I think like MJF's going to come out and read that. So I think he's going to have to respond to that to some degree. Uh, when you know, I don't know exactly what that's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be two months from now, yeah, you know, or anything like that. So I think his return will be, you know, I, I guess a little sooner. Uh, Mox, I don't know how they could play that. I mean, they didn't play up any sort of injury. I mean, maybe he goes after Regal and gets in like kayfabe trouble, you know, for like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, like like some sort of thing like that for you know attacking a classic a, old arrest angle. I would love it. Yeah, like some sort of a little like the attack. amount of times Stone Cold got arrested in the late nineties. 
was, was just, it was like every other week. Yeah, just just <laughs> just, just, just they had felonies like they were packing yeah. cards, man. You know, like I mean, yeah, it was just destruction of property every week. Oh yeah, just just <laughs> Captain Misdemeanor. You know, he was. Um, but yeah, I think you know maybe if my I mean, I don't know how if uh, Regal can take a bump. You know, because I know like commentary. Yeah. I know he, he did have injuries, and I know commentary like of course built it up. But you know, if and he does, so did Danielson. So did Danielson. <laughs> don't so, hurt him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So if he if he does take a bump, maybe there's you know kind of consequences to that because, I mean, you know that's still a distinct possibility with what's been set up. Yeah. Know? And now what happens to the Blackpool Combat Club? Oh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, like it seems like everyone. I mean, Danielson's kind of involved in this. I mean, Cesaro. He already had tension with Yuta as well over yeah. the Daniel Garcia stuff. Yeah, and then uh, Claudio's dealing with Jericho right now. And know. it's named yeah. after Regal. Blackpool is where he's from, so yeah. who knows? Do, do gonna... they? Be, yeah, because wonder like what they're going to deal with the firm. You know, like is MJF even going to give a fuck about that? Like, I, yeah. I feel something's going to happen. Firm with even that. a thing anymore? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something's something's going to happen with that. No, it will. You know, it will. something's going to happen with that, and I think. That will be maybe our first big MJF champion thing, you know. Um, I'm glad well, they took a week to, to to let us breathe with that, because like that's gonna. I mean, you're gonna see that. That's gonna be insane. I know, I know. It's gonna be wild. Yeah. Um, so you didn't watch it, but uh, so Starks actually beat Ethan Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll have Starks as the first challenger for MJF, which I thought it would be Ethan Page, like you said, because yep. he's got business with the firm. It would make sense, but it's going to be Starks. So uh, yeah. obviously excited about that. Love Starks, but uh, didn't expect it. But that'll be our match for Winter Is Coming. But, yeah, main event. Yeah. So, yeah, real quick, uh, the trios match number two of the best of seven series. Mm. Um, I guess they're going to – the Elite's going to come out to carry on my wayward son indefinitely, which – I'm fine with that's pretty I mean, cool. That must have cost a lot of I mean more so than the Jungle Boy song or maybe where is my mind? I'm sure that cost a lot of money, but I'm sure this was a pretty fucking penny for ten. You would yeah, you would think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean this I one, would guess maybe the Bucks themselves did as well because they said it was the song they would come out to in the backyard. So maybe yeah. they ponied up. I don't who knows. But yeah, yeah. you're right. It probably did not wasn't cheap. Oh but. yeah, yeah. I think definitely, you know, more so, like, you know, that song was like it's like a classic rock radio station staple. Oh you yeah. Know, it's on, on guitar hero shit like that. Yeah. You know? So so yeah, it, it probably was a was a decent chunk of change uh, for that one. Yep. But yeah, so on to the match. Um just again, it's always going to be great stuff between these two teams. Fuck Jim Cornette and his yeah. uh cheerleading routine gymnastics bullshit but yep. and the storytelling in this match continues with this time we had penta hitting ha- hitting matt jackson with the hammer and so, i think penta's got less reservations than phoenix for sure yeah, clearly with that yeah absolutely because so, so he's always kind of been the tweener of the group well and i think that bit is going to run its course ha- having reared itself in the the full gear match in this one i think that bit is probably going to get resolved for sure. I, either in this upcoming one or the, the following um, match in the series. So it seems like we're going to kind of deal with that in the beginning and then some other stuff at the end. Um, a lot of good storytelling uh, with CM Punk stuff because <laughs> yeah, Kenny Omega did his move there, you know, which and I the, thought was pretty... And he bit what's his name's arm. Yeah. Because that's Ace Steel bit someone in the backstage fight and yeah. they 
they did the whole like botched buckshot lariat that CM Punk did as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, poking fun at that, which honestly kind of made me think like, obviously, who the fuck knows, but yeah. maybe CM Punk does come back at some point because if they can put their differences aside, holy shit, the money that they could make going against the elite and CM Punk, but they are definitely just fucking poking the bear. Yeah. And Kenny had even said on like in an interview or something like, let it go. Yeah. And then they do that shit. So that's why I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, but, you know, like let it go for one thing, but like if the crowd's acting like that, that's kind of I mean, really what you're you right. That might've yeah. very well solely been a reaction to the crowd turning on them. And it's like, yeah. eh, whatever, let's have some fun with this. But yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was funny. I died laughing when Omega started biting someone. I don't remember who it was, but um, but yeah, I'm frankly it's been almost a week. I don't really remember too too many of the details other than that. But yeah, you watched it a little more recently. Anything else stick out? Not particular. I mean, the things that I've said already kind of stuck out. You know, I think you know, I'm glad that we're gonna get the the hammer stuff out of the way you know, and get to some new finishes, you know, the hammer thing was, you know, compelling part of the story, you know, I think discord and the death triangle is going to kind of, you know, sort of be what helps the bucks, uh, what helps the elite, even this match. Cause I think maybe um, Phoenix in the next match is going to have the hammer with a chance again, and he's probably not going to want to do it. Yep. So. I think that's a great call. Uh, yeah. I think this is definitely going seven. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't it? And the finals are in California, which is where the Bucks are from, and they've only had one dynamite there. So the elite's probably going to win, which is fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because all of these are going to be great. And I, I'm kind of like, I hope it's not this week because I'm going to be there, but I'd love to see one that's like five minutes or one where like one of the teams just catches the other off. Because, you know, there's seven matches. They got to do some different shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like some, like a really quick, abrupt finish. Yeah. Kind of, kind of something like the, the, the Theory Rollins, um, Big Bob, you know, kind of a, you know, quick, abrupt. And, you know, yeah, I think I, I like that. I think we could use definitely one of those. And yeah, you know, something that's, you know, just kind of a quick match, you know, that kind of takes up a smaller spot on the card. You know, because yeah, um, I mean, what's the week off that they're going to take? It's the one after winter is coming, I would assume. Christmas, so, maybe. Yeah, it's because it's whenever Kenny's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. So okay. it's like January 6th, oh, I think. So, so wait, so about a month away, a little over. There might be one other like late December week off as well. But yeah, but yeah, good shit. And yes. the main event, woo, Chris mm-hmm. Jericho and Tomohiro Ishii. The Ring of Honor World Championship. I don't have the time, but man. So I was actually fortunate. Um, well, one, not that Dy- as you know, Dynamite did not record on my sling for whatever reason, but the link that I found to watch it on did not have commercials or did not like have picture in picture. So I got to watch the whole match, uh-huh. which made this a lot better because like all the chop shit like happened, a lot of it happened during the commercial break. So just to be able to see all that was great. But yeah. Man, two of my favorites of all time here. I absolutely love this. I mean, if you know anything about me, you know I love chop fests and just, hey, who's the toughest and who can take more punishment and just beating the shit out of each other. And that's exactly what this was. And, man, Jericho continues to have an outstanding 2022. And I said it earlier, yeah, I think he probably bladed on the chest. And that's oh, fine sure, because yeah. – 
it really, really added to it because it did. something different too. I mean, yeah. uh, Ishii's hand got all bloody, you know, once Absolutely. he started chopping him with the open wound. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of just lasted. I mean, that, ha- that, you know, came during like the one third mark of the match. So it yeah. was the standard for most of the time. No, this was great. You know, Ishii got that low center of gravity, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like when he kind of bowls you over, you know, and it, and it was kind of weird too, to see Jericho, like, not tower over somebody, but like be significantly taller than <laughs> yeah, someone. Yeah, I mean, she's probably like five nine, legit. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think of Jericho as a tall wrestler ever. And like you've seen a lot of matches where he fights Wardlow or big guy, you know, where like you know he's the small. You know, I've seen a lot, um, a good chunk of those. And yeah, no, Ishii rules. He's a little bowling ball. Yeah, he's the man. But yeah, this was just so much fun. You know, you get to see like kind of a different side of Jericho, like asking for the punishment, yelling, like. Yeah you know, just some old school shit. And I do want to apologize for last week when I said Ishii wasn't carrying Jericho's bags because I was just thinking New Japan, but I was wrong. In the war promotion in the early 90s, which was started by this guy, Genichiro Tenru, who's the fucking man, Jericho was there and Ishii was a quote-unquote young boy at the time. So there was legit history like from way back in the day between these guys, which Mm -hmm. is even better. Um, Because in my mind, I was just thinking New Japan and I know they didn't do anything together there. But um, so yeah, legit old history between these two. I don't know if they had matches back then, but they certainly haven't had one anytime in recent history um but yeah this was just so much fun i absolutely loved it um and i had this as my second favorite match of the week last week on my floor slapper sports.com article behind slap them slap them behind the uh inaugural iwgp women's championship match which is new japan's now women's championship that stardom wrestlers can contest for it was Kyrie and uh mayu iwatani yeah great shit but yeah i absolutely love this it's so great so cool so awesome yeah that's all um, I got. um floor slappers okay i had this thought the other day you know um when you think of a floor slapper basketball right yeah. like what, what kind of player do you think of who slaps the floor like a you know hard-nosed defensive player I always think of like a white got white point guard from Duke. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the yeah. one they the one that you hate. Like, you know, yeah. always hits threes. Like and, JJ Reddick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Grayson Allen is a big floor oh, slapper. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like the white that, that's that's whenever whatever I think of people who slap about, the floor. A lot of about, people did it in high school too. Like how about Greg like, Graham. Oh God, yeah. I bet he I bet Bob Knight would I don't know if Bob Knight would hate it. I bet he would hate it if you slapped the or floor. Or how about Tom Coverdale? Ooh, Tom Coverdale. <laughs> great, great Gracie Wright. <laughs> Jared Jeffries. Oh, oh just IU players. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else or should we end this? Salud. Salud.